the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church. Come on, let's go. Live from our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. An expert on race, religion, and relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Our phone lines are now open. 888 888- Four three two seven four three four, and now please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. That's me, your bridge-building voice right here in the nation's capital. How in the world are you today? Well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your computer or your smartphone watching me on my Facebook Live or YouTube Live pages, thanks a lot for tuning in. At Anderson Speaks is my handle there. And then, of course, on the most listened to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, WAVA, 105.1 FM, right here in the nation's capital, out of Arlington, Virginia, covering all of D.C., Maryland, Virginia, parts of West Virginia, and Pennsylvania as well. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And uh, if you're new to the show, let me tell you how we roll. First of all, we've got Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays, Wisdom Wednesdays, that's today, Theological Thursdays, and then Open Phone in Fridays. Anything you want to talk to me about on Friday is fair game. Then we have a special edition every Saturday night at 7 p.m. So you get us all week if you want us, okay? And today we have a special show, uh, Wisdom Wednesday, and the topic is reading while black. Hmm, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in just a moment. But before I do, uh, I want to open us in a word of prayer. I want to give you our phone number, uh, let you know a couple other ways to get a hold of me along with my special guest, who is the author of the book, Reading While Black, African-American Biblical Interpretation as an Exercise in Hope. Hmm, what does that mean? Well, you're going to find out very shortly uh, from our author, uh, Dr. Esau McCauley. But hold on. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Here's my number, 888-432-7434. 7434, or just remember the word bridge, 88843 bridge. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day and the opportunity to have conversation about biblical interpretation from an ethnic lens. Would you help us understand uh, the lenses that we have on and help us to think through how to interpret the scripture in a way that draws us closer to you and one another? We commit today's show and our guests to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Well, there are a couple other ways you can get a hold of us. You can always go to andersonspeaks.com, andersonspeaks.com, or my favorite website, Embrace Gracism. 
embracegracism.com. And you see I'm wearing this Gracism shirt. You can have this shirt as well. Go to embracegracism.com, hit the store, and you can have this Gracism shirt. Look at it, right? Can you see it? That's right. It's yours. All you got to do is go to that store. And if you really want to get colorful, this is this is nice right here. You know, it's gray with some white letterings that say Gracism and a little definition. But, I mean, if you really want some coloring, uh, then check out the Gracism shoes. Man, those joints are the bomb handcrafted leather made shoes in Italy specifically uh, for you. There's some serious high top kicks there. All right. Now, listen, if you want to call me today or my guest, the number is 888-43-BRIDGE. Who is my guest? Well, he's the author of the book Reading While Black, African-American Biblical Interpretation as an Exercise in Hope. Uh, Dr. Esau McCauley is assistant professor of New Testament at Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois. He's a priest in the Anglican Church in North America where he serves as a canon theologian in his diocese churches for the sake of others. Uh, Reverend Dr. Esau also serves as the province of the Anglican Church in North America as director of the Next Generation Leadership Initiative. He's also the contributor uh, as a writer for the New York Times, Christianity Today, uh, The Witness, uh, The Washington Post, and a host of other writings, a a sought-after speaker, and uh, all-around good guy. You know, uh, we've been able to do a little bit of ministry together, and uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Father Esau McCauley, welcome to the show. How in the world are you? I'm doing well. I think you gave me one too many titles, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I got to put really good guy in there too, but uh, you know, I didn't want to go, go. go too good. long, man. Hey, so listen, yeah. we we got together uh, a while back to do some ministry together. Yes. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, when I wanted to first introduce my um, our denomination dealing with issues of racism and injustice, we began with a kind of what we thought would be a good place for people to start. And so we had um, during, I think it was during the season of Lent, mm-hmm. we had uh, maybe about 20 churches, maybe more, that went probably closer to 50 or 75 churches, actually, I think, mm-hmm. that went through and read your book, Gracism, in small groups during the course of the year. I don't remember. It was a couple of years ago. Yeah. But I remember that being pretty good participation. That's yeah. what I remember. Yeah, and uh, it was a good group that you were leading there, and of course it was a joy to be uh, be a part of it. Yeah, we invited you at the end to, to do to do like a, a a session, but that was the climax of what had been like a larger study throughout our denomination. Yeah, and so tell us a little bit about your denomination for those who may not know it. Yeah, I mean it's just like Anglican. We're just liturgical Christians, just like everybody else. We're part <laughs> of um, a communion of brothers and sisters that stretch off from Nigeria, Uganda, Rwanda. Um, parts of Southeast Asia, South America, about, I don't know, I'd guess maybe 50 million Anglicans worldwide who we're in communion with. The vast majority of our tradition are black and brown folks mm-hmm. um, who love the scriptures and are doing the best that they can to live them out faithfully. Well, you talk about reading. We believe, we, we, mm-hmm. we, we try to, we, we have the scriptures as our authority. We also, you know, believe in the creeds, like the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. We will be a little bit more liturgical than your free church. Some of my Baptist and Pentecostal brothers and sisters are non-denomination brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. We'd have Eucharist every week and um, 
check prayers, but we know how to get down too now. You know? Don't play it. <laughs> so just, we say just because just because you're Anglican and have a little uh, liturgy in you, that doesn't mean you you lost yeah. your you lost your you two know? step. <laughs> yeah, don't, we'll show out with the best of them. Just give us, give us a minute. Uh, we got to say our prayer first, then we'll let loose. Uh, I heard that. <laughs> well, when we get back from the commercial break, uh, uh, Reverend, I want to learn about your book. I didn't know you were writing it when it came across my desk. I was so excited. Uh, to see it because uh, we read the scriptures uh, through ethnic lenses, but I'm not sure if people realize that or not. So let's talk about what that looks like and if it's even okay or if it's unavoidable. We'll be right back. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Have you ever wondered if God could use your mistakes to make a difference? If you have, then you must read The Jael Effect, Turning Your Mistakes into Miracles by Sandra Anderson. Reading about this unknown Bible hero and how her courage changed not only her life, but an entire nation will inspire you. While forces around you may sometimes make you feel like your life and circumstances don't count for much, you will learn in this book that God knew every mistake that you would ever make, and he still can use you. The Jael Effect will lift you up and inspire you to do all that you were created to do. The Jael Effect, Turning Your Mistakes into Miracles by Sandra Anderson is a must-read and a book that you will definitely want to share to encourage others. Purchase The Jael Effect on Amazon or go to thejaileffect.com today. It's Best Buy Waterproofing and Best Buy Design Build. So, who is this superhero guy flying over the neighborhood looking for leaky basements and leaky roofs to repair? Visit BestBuyWaterproofing.com or call 844-980-3707-247 to see what heroic home repair services look like. Basement waterproofing, mold and mildew remediation, structural repair, foundation crack injection, sump pump systems, roofing and gutters, siding and decks. So, you went to BestBuyWaterproofing.com and called 844-980-3707. Who's the real hero now? You are. Under one roof, from one side to the other. Under one roof, from the inside out. We've got you covered from top to bottom. At Best Buy, your whole house is our business. Best Buy. Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. For more information about this program or for resources from Dr. Anderson, please visit andersonspeaks.com. To watch on Facebook Live or to view past episodes, visit Dr. Anderson's Public Figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson and click Like. You can also watch live on YouTube. Just search for Anderson Speaks, all one word, and make sure to subscribe. Join our text community and receive a free weekly text from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 97000. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 97000. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's me. 
I'm David Anderson, and we're live here in the nation's capital. Dr. Esau McCauley is the author of a brand-new book, Reading While Black. He's with me today on this Wisdom Wednesday, and our topic really is the wisdom of Bible interpretation from a black perspective. Uh, Dr. Esau, could you talk to me about this title? Why did you call it that, and why did you write this book? Well, I called it, uh, well, it's funny, I wish I could have, in a perfect world, we would have used the second part first, but you got to sell the book. Mm-hmm. So African-American biblical interpretation as an exercise in hope is the central thesis of what I was trying to say. Uh-huh. And what I'm trying to say there is the process of turning to the Bible and looking in the scriptures for God who is a friend and not an enemy has been a source of hope in the black community, that, we've, that black Christians have turned to Scripture and behind that God for encouragement. And even in a time where we were tempted to despair, we continue to do that. Hmm. And so what I wanted to do in the book was to, was, was to bear witness to the ways in which what had been done in the past, turning to the Bible as a source of hope, could also be something that's useful in the future. Because I felt like we were in this moment in our culture where people were wondering whether or not the Christian faith had a relevant word for the issues of our day. Right. And as someone who was raised in the black church tradition, I wanted to bear witness to that. Now uh-huh. I can say something about like what I mean with the first half of it, reading while black, if you want me to. Huh. Yes. Yeah. I, I wanted. So. Yeah. So, so the second part of it is like when we come to a text, everybody is influenced by this particular set of circumstances issues or problems that they're facing. Uh-huh. So when I say reading while black, it's like I bring the questions of being a black man in America to the Bible. So uh-huh. in the same way, when you think about, if you're leading a youth group, right, you're leading a youth group, and I say people, like if you're going to choose youth group, you say, well, what? how does this text speak to someone who's going through these things in high school? I see. If you've got to disciple some young married people, how do these texts speak to this couple in this situation in life? And what you would say to a young married couple is not the exact same thing that you're going to say to a bunch of 15 and 16-year-olds. Right, okay. So then when you ask the question, what does this text, what does the Bible have to say to black people in America who have been victims of injustice? Right. Well, that's going to lead to a a totally different set of questions and issues. So they're going to read the Bible differently. Black people are going to read the Bible differently than white people, than Asian people, than Chinese people, than young people, uh, than women. Uh, Is that what you're saying? Like we bring to the text our particular uh, uniqueness and difference? Well, it's not. It's not just what we bring. We bring certain questions, mm-hmm. and because of our and and because of our circumstances, we're going to apply certain things differently. I see. And so, if let me give you let me give you a perfect example. This let's say something super simple. We see something like in the Bible it says, "Well, God loves you." Mm-hmm. Well, of course, that means the same thing to everybody. But let's say you're someone who's been a victim of abuse, and you were told your whole life that you were worthless. Well, when you hear God loves me, you're going to hear that as a counter to all the negative things you've said, you've heard in your life. And when you preach that sermon, you're going to say, when I was a kid, they called me ugly and stupid and horrible. But I read in the Bible that God loves me. Right. Now, someone who grew up in an affirming family who didn't have those negative experiences are still going to say, yeah, God loves me. But they're going to apply that and talk about that differently. And I both see. of those people are, are appropriately interpreting and appropriating that text. I see. But their experiences cause them to see it differently. And the person who was abused, the person who was abused is going to the Bible, asking the question, what does God think about my abuse? 
Right. What does God think about what people said about me? And when they go to the Bible with those questions, they're going to find the, the right answers. Hmm. Wow. And so the, it brings questions, too. So if I'm abused and somebody's telling me I'm worthless, worthless, and you say God loves me, I might have a problem believing, really? Does God really love me? So I might bring those questions, yes. too, right? Exactly. And this is so if you're a black person and you've been told your entire life that Christianity is a white man's religion or the Bible is used to justify slavery, then you're going to have a particular set of questions that you have to have answered in order to live as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Some other people who don't have that, like if you're not if you haven't spent your whole life being told that the Bible isn't for you, then you're not going to have to ask the question about your ethnic identity at the beginning of your Christian faith. So black Christians have to struggle with, from the first beginning, how to reconcile being a Christian with being a black person in America. There was no scene, there was not necessarily an inherent conflict between being Christianity and being part of the majority culture, because no one ever doubted, no one used Christianity to doubt the humanity of the majority culture. Right. And so that means, as a black person, I have to settle certain issues first. It doesn't mean that I'm an infallible interpreter. It doesn't mean that I have a magical insight into the Bible that nobody else can see. But I might be, I might say something like, you know what? I think that because my, because of black experiences of oppression, we're going to take the Exodus narrative super seriously. Right. And it's impossible because you come from a majority culture that was used to keeping people down. They downplayed the Exodus. Right. And so my social location is being a descendant of the oppressed who receives a part of our tradition. The importance of the Exodus is one of the ways in which that's one of the gifts the black Christian gives back to the wider body of Christ. Uh -huh. Take seriously these stories in the Bible that talk about injustice and oppression and God's desire to liberate people. It doesn't mean that nobody else can see it. It's just that we're motivated to talk about these things because of our experiences. Interesting. So basically, whenever we do Bible interpretation, we are coming to it with our own questions, our own demographic, our own problems, and our own station in life. Is there a Bible interpretation that doesn't, that is sort of sterile of that, that is more objective? Because you and I, going through Bible colleges and seminaries and everything else, always got a sense of the hermeneutic of it all is is objective. It's not, uh, you know, what does the text say? What does the text say? And it's all about the text. Is it possible that that text is always tainted by our um, experience? Is it ever objective? I wouldn't use the, I, I, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't use the word tainted. I would <laughs> use the word influenced. Uh huh. And what I want to say is, there's certain things that Christians are going to agree on. Like it's, I think that if you just read the Bible, it becomes pretty clear that like Jesus died for the sins of the world, and that you can be reconciled to Him by trust. And like. I think that those things are there. Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about are the kinds of things, oftentimes, what's, what the problem isn't what's said, it's what isn't said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's the kinds of things that we just screen out. So it's not the fact that you have to be able to, to be black to, like, understand Romans chapter 4. Right. But, like, why is it that we emphasize certain texts and downplay other texts? That isn't a matter of what the text says. That's a matter of, like, how we cluster issues together. Interesting. So, for example, one of the things that— so one of the things I talked I talk about in my book is, well, when we talk about, like, the church's responsibility to the state, we always begin with Romans 13. Right. Well, why do we begin with Romans 13 instead of the book of Revelation, which has a sustained critique of the empire of its day? Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Is it because the people who first started talking about the, the Bible and Christianity were people who were in power in the state and had a vested interest in keeping things as the status quo? 
And then yeah. the black Christians came along and said, well, hold on. What do you mean I can't, I, I can't protest? The book of Revelation contains a lot of protests. The prophets in the Old Testament contain a lot of protests of injustice. Right. So it's not just like what we see in the text. It's which text we emphasize wow. that is themselves the product of our own location. That is amazing, actually. Listen, if you guys want to join the conversation, our number here in the studio is 888-432-7434. I'm talking with the author of a brand-new book, Reading While Black, the Reverend Dr. Esau McCauley. He has this book, and the subtitle is really the emphasis of the book, which is African-American Biblical Interpretation as an exercise in hope. And what you're saying, uh, Dr. McCauley, is it's not just the Bible interpretation. It truly is the emphasis of what you interpret. And so Romans 13, for those who don't know, it says basically you're supposed to submit to the government authorities over you. And Revelation is showing how those government authorities are being judged, but you don't hear about that. Uh, You hear about the Romans 13. So it's very interesting how you cluster and how you emphasize text. So have we found that work its way out in our current situation where a certain group of Christians cluster uh, fearfully and wonderfully made, uh, knitted together in your mother's womb, birth at concept, uh, life at conception, and uh, a man should not lay with a man, but yes, let's go with traditional marriage. And so you cluster those together and say, that's bad, that's naughty, that's, that's uh, you know, reprehensible to God, therefore we want to stand with this party. And you have another group of people saying, but hold on, you've got the prisoner, you've got the least of these, you've got the hungry and the naked and the poor, and this Jesus was anointed to come free them. And so do we cluster those based on culture and race? Well, that's interesting, because t- one of the things that I talk about, um, not in the book, but more broadly, is that each political party is in different ways appealing to different aspects of, of the Christian tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not they appeal to those things rightly, both of them are saying, here are things the Christians should care about, and you should, you should choose the things that we think are important about Christianity. And one of the ways in which we can be faithful as Christians is to not necessarily allow different political parties to edit our Bible for us. Mm. Or even not just edit it, but to interpret it for us. Mm. But we have to be the ones of our, you know, to who can turn to the scriptures and say these are the things that we think that we should care about as Christians in the public square. And so I do think that, like, I do think the Bible says that, that life is sacred. Mm-hmm. I do think that he talks about us being as fearfully and wonderfully made. But the Bible, Bible also speaks about the widow and the orphan and the wid- uh, and the oppressed. And so I just I am leery of when a few of these issues are yeah. brought to bear and not the wider biblical witness. Is one bigger than the other? Is a sort of uh, abortion and and uh, sort of an anti-gay agenda, is that bigger because they're abomination uh, as opposed to uh, feeding the hungry or the poor or justice or racism? Uh, like you said, they, shouldn't, they um, shouldn't edit us. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I would necessarily like... Can you rank them? You can't in, rank in them. In that way. I don't, I don't, I, are you, are you don't sure? <laughs> are you sure? You can't rank them because a lot of people ranking them. Yeah, I'm not going to do it, though. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, like, the question, yeah. is what, what, the question is what does the ranking, what does the ranking serve to do? It serves to eliminate responsibilities. Right. Because, you know, when, once, you, once you start ranking things, then you start saying, well, because this one is less important, then I'm I'm no longer motivated to act about it. Mm. What I try to say is, is it's the job of the Christian to tell the truth, mm. the best so they can understand it, 
And once they come to a conclusion about that truth, they do the best that they can in whatever arena that is given to them yeah. to contend for that truth in the public square. I like talking and to so you. Been, <laughs> so that's that's what I would say. Like I I don't I don't edit the Bible. Yeah. So like because <laughs> because the rank ranking basically means after you get past one or two. Those are things that I get to after one or two are taken care of, and I say, well, why can't I do all of them at the same time? Yeah, I get to eliminate the ones after after two or three. Wow, this is great yeah. stuff. If you want to join us, our number is eight 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 four three two seven four three four. When we do get back shortly from a break, we're going to uh, go to Alexandria, Virginia, to talk to Jody. I want to talk to you as well. I've got uh, Reverend Doctor Esau McCauley hanging out with me. He's the author of the book Reading While. Black. You definitely want to make sure to get the book. Google it even during the show if you want. The subtitle is African American Biblical Interpretation as an Exercise in Hope. He's also the assistant professor of New Testament at Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois, as well as an Anglican priest. So don't mess with this brother because he's got this thing down. He can do the liturgy and he can do the two step. You better watch him. Listen, I'm coming right back. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Give us a call, 888-843-BRIDGE. Hi, I'm Patrick Fingles, owner of New Look Home Design. Did you know the hardest part of completing a home improvement project is finding someone to do it? Imagine if the hardest part of grocery shopping was finding a store that had food. That's crazy. At New Look, our goal is to make getting a new roof easy. We install one roof every hour, so you know we have the experience necessary, and we offer TPT, total price transparency. We give line-by-line pricing, detailed measurements, and a 3D image of your roof so you know exactly what you're paying for. Find out why over 40,000 homeowners have trusted New Look. Right now, save 50% on all roofing materials, plus qualify for interest-free financing until 2022. Don't you wish everything was as easy as getting a New Look roof? Call 800-279-5300. That's 800-279-5300. NewLookHomeDesign.com. While we can't make everything easy, we can make roofing easy. Pastors, church leaders, and ministry leaders, WAVA invites you to join us in October for our virtual Pastors Appreciation events. Be encouraged by Chuck Swindoll, Tony Evans, Alistair Begg, and other leaders as they bring you encouragement. It's all happening online every Thursday in October, and it's free. Register by going to WAVA.com and click on the Pastors display or use the keyword Pastor. Brought to you by Barnabas Aid. Learn more at BarnabasAid.org. HD radio listeners can hear WAVA-FM on 105.1 FM HD1 and hear us on our mobile app and on radio.com. Family Life Today with Bob Lapine and David and Ann Wilson is heard weekdays at 7.30 a.m. on 105.1 FM WAVA. Listen to The Alternative with Tony Evans every weekday morning at 1030 on 105.1 FM WAVA. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. 
Sounds like an impossible project for my skills, but let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park, Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1335. Rack NMLS number 65233. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or you. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Welcome to the second half of the show. You are uh, in tuned in to just a great program with uh, Reverend Dr. Esau McCauley. He is the author of a brand new book, Reading While Black. We're talking about Bible interpretation. And what does that look like through the lenses of ethnic readers and people from many different backgrounds when you come to the scripture, how you interpret it, how you apply it? Uh, Reverend uh, Esau, Eric Robinson on my Facebook page says, does this aspect of interpretation through the lens of circumstance hinder the ability to relate or empathize for those who don't experience those same circumstances? I think that listening to other people's experiences can give you empathy. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's sometimes hard for people who haven't experienced injustice unless they're willing to listen to the experiences of people who have to really grow. Mm-hmm. And so when, when people ask me, what book should I read? I always say, well, don't read a book. Find a black pastor and listen to his, his or her sermons for you. Mm. And, and and just hear how he or she walks through the text and past the congregation. And by listening to the variety of issues that that pastor addresses, you'll get some understanding of the kinds of things that you never even considered before. How about those it? Those just weren't your experiences. How about it? And so it's the same yeah. thing, especially with, like, female female pastors and preachers have taught me a lot about, like, the kind of struggle. Like, I was never a woman. It sounds crazy, right? But, like, <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be a woman to experience sexism and um, racism at the same time if you're, if you're a woman of color. And so listening to their experiences helped me empathize in a way that I never had. And I don't think I could have gotten there without their testimony. How about that? Let's go to Alexandria, Virginia. Talk to Jody, who's on the line. Hello, Miss Jody. It's Dr. Anderson here. How you doing? Good, good afternoon. <clears throat> How are you today? Alive and grateful. Thank you so much for hanging with me. What are you thinking? One, well, I'm really intrigued by what your guest is talking about. I, uh, I think he's right on on a lot of things. I just uh, uh, heard a pastor from the pulpit. Uh, talk about how great the new uh, Supreme Court justice is going to be because of her stance on abortion. Mm-hmm. Well, I have said over the, over and over, it's real simple. You know, it's like being invited to a breakfast of ham and eggs. It depends on whether you're the pig or the chicken, whether right. it's great, okay? Right, right, so um, right. <laughs> I'm very, very intrigued by what your guest is saying. I look forward to actually getting his book. Here's the question. How do we... What are some of the things we can do to help people understand that, uh, you know, 
just interpreting the Bible or laws just so they can stay in power it is, 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 a, is a kind of pedestrian way to look at life and that we've got to do something different than uh, power being the, the, the focus. And, and your guest just started talking about uh, some of the things that we can do, but I would be very much interested in him taking a deeper dive into what can we practically be doing to make people re- understand that what their, uh, their de- interpretation is based on some power play. Oh, wow. I appreciate uh, him talking about that, okay? Hey, thank you so I'm gonna much. Get off the, thank you. I'm going to get off the line because I'm driving, so you Be guys careful. that. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Be Bye careful now. over there in Alexandria, Virginia. Okay, so, uh, Doc, talk to us about her question there. I would, I would say we need moral courage. Um, one of the things that you go back and you look at someone, like think of somebody like Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that he said when he was going to cost him something, I mean, he was he, he was an abolitionist, and and he fought when it literally risked his life. And so at the end, he made it clear. He made it clear, the people who are calling themselves Christians practice a false form of, of, of religiosity. Hmm. It doesn't mean that everybody who disagrees with us politically isn't a Christian, but when you have a form of Christian faith that is that is not cruciform, right? We have we have a God who who won the world to Himself by emptying Himself of power. And so, therefore, Christianity can't be simply about the imposition of our will through force. Right. And so that's, if, if, if Christ's own self-giving is a part of what it means to be a Christian, then we could, t- we could talk seriously and very critically about the ways which our faith has been manipulated to maintain power. So the first thing I would say is moral courage. The second thing I would say is to maintain your sanity, and this is mm-hmm. probably the best advice. Like, you've got to find some people who are with you, mm-hmm. and you can't spend all of your time about the people who oppose you. We spend a lot of time arguing with people who are never going to love us instead of just finding people who do love us and get about the work of the kingdom. Hmm. And so in your local community, vote, run for office. A lot of these local elections, forget the presidency. Like your life is dramatically impacted by like the school board, the city council, the mayor. Get involved in local elections. Right, right. And a few motivated people can swing votes and affect real policies. You can change your actual school system. Hmm. You can change your actual neighborhood policies. And so get involved at the local level. The Christian witness before the watching world is not every four years just a presidency. Right. But it goes to your state senate. Some some of us should be state senators. Right, right. And, and, and members, members of the House. So being locally so like, involved actually brings greater change involved. on the ground than thinking about it uh, from a White House perspective or a congressional yeah. perspective. Yeah, that's really good it, stuff. If you want to get those books to those kids in your school, like do something about it. Get the books. Get the computers. Hmm. When get we get parents to go down to City Hall. When we get back from the commercial break, I want to talk to you about orthodoxy. I want to talk to you about Black Lives Matter. If you want to join in the conversation, I'll give you a minute. If you uh, if you uh, want to give me a call now, the lines are open. Yes, uh, my Gracism shirt. You're asking, where can you get it? Go to uh, EmbraceGracism.com and go to the store and get it yourself. I'm wearing mine. You got yours? to hire quality people for your company you need skilled screened and serious candidates who are ready to serve your mission and vision on day one right i know just the recruiting consulting firm that can help you 
It's Concept IQ. Dr. Anderson has known the president, Mark Weissman, for years, and he will work with your company to get you the most qualified labor force you need, whether accounting, administrative, finance, IT, medical, retail, government contracting, or more, Mark will work with you to fit your company's needs. If you're looking for work or looking for good workers, contact Mr. Mark Wiseman today at 877-472-9001. See how Concept IQ Consulting can help grow your business with the qualified talent you need. Again, call 877-472-9001 or check them out online at conceptiqconsulting.com. When asked the question raised by her professor, why are you here at Omega Graduate School? Sebla Diluhailu answered in one of her essays like this. I was not there just to add a prefix to my name, though that would feel good. The greater purpose of my preparation at OGS is to fulfill my mandate to be a change agent. The doctoral study is a time of preparation for me to see and to think, to understand the times, and to craft my way in fulfilling my calling. Sebla Diluhailu, a current doctor of philosophy student from Ethiopia, is a counselor and adjunct psychology professor who hosts a weekly radio show in the capital city of Ethiopia and is an advocate for empowering women and children. What is your profession, and how can OGS help you grow to the next level in your graduate education? Dr. David Anderson is the new chancellor of Omega Graduate School, formerly known as Oxford Graduate School, and your education as a working adult is important to him, to God, and to all who will be changed in the world because of your important research. Go to OGS.edu today and apply, or call 1-800-933-6188. Have you ever driven through your neighborhood and saw that neighbors had their grass that was way too long? They had all kinds of clovers in the grass, and you're wishing as you drive silently, I wish they would mow their lawn. Well, guess what? Why don't you get them a gift? <laughs> Call Laser Landscaping and let them cut the lawn for your neighbors. Go to Laser with a Z Landscaping LLC on Facebook or give them a call if you want them to beautify your lawn. 240-516-4967 for those who live in the Prince George's County and surrounding areas. Their number once again, 240-516-4967. It's Laser Landscaping or just ask for the owner, Fidel, and make sure you tell Fidel that Dr. Anderson said. Does your church have legal challenges? McCullum & Associates has experience with pastor church relations, administration and organizational issues, church liability and risk management, and real estate matters. This firm understands the legal aspects of the problems as well as the spiritual implications of those same problems inside and outside the court. Call McCullum & Associates today at 301-864-6070. That's 301-864-6070. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. I've got Reverend Dr. Father... Uh, Esau Macaulay's Anglican priest. He's also the author of the book Reading While Black. Uh, the subtitle was African American Biblical Interpretation as an Exercise in Hope. 
Well, when we talk about biblical interpretation for African-Americans as an exercise of hope, why that part of the sentence there? Were you thinking that black people need the Bible for hope or have they always had the Bible for hope? Uh, and you are trying to explain to non-black people that we hold the Bible as a personal book of hope, not just a catechism of orthodoxy. Well, I wrote it as an exercise in hope because it's, I thought about it like exercising. I don't, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get up in the morning and I'd rather lay down and sleep than get up and exercise. But mm -hmm. I know that I need to be able to exercise in order to live a good and healthy life. Mm -hmm. And so what I felt like when I talked about an exercise, I meant all practice. And so what I wanted to argue is that not that all black people everywhere, but black Christians have historically seen the process of reading the Bible as a practice in which they, through which they discovered hope. It is true that black Christians are on the most part on the traditional side of Christianity. You know, we tend to believe that the Bible is the God's word to us for our good. We tend to, you know, emphasize trusting in Jesus for our salvation, the importance of holiness. And so at black people on a monolith, which we have a variety of beliefs like any other group, but for the most part, if you kind of look at the center of the black Christian experience, it's largely traditional and it's spiritual experience. Yeah, well, I'm going to push the side from a sort of the, the, the white argument for a second, if you will, if that is true. Sure. All right. Uh, if that is true, you all believe in the Bible, you black people, <laughs> you believe in the Bible. It's an exercise of hope. You believe in all this orthodoxy. Yeah. Then how in the world could you vote for uh, some party that uh, is, is, is pro-choice and, and, and pro, uh, you know, gay marriage? How can you all do that? That's not the Bible. Well, what I would say is um, <laughs> the first thing is, I mean, it's, it's really about epistemic humility. And when I talk about this, it's just like. Who are you? Who who is allowed to ask the question? Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about the the same question that you might raise about the Democratic Party, might be raised by another political party where you say, well, hold on, like this, th these are the people who show no concern for black people, mm -hmm. but they've not shown sufficient concern for the issues that plague our communities. And so if people decide for my local situation, the best decision for me is to not support it with the local party, then it's it's their it's kind of their right as Christians. And I think that every Christian who's engaged in the political process mm -hmm. is is attempting to balance a complicated set of issues. And so you can't necessarily – what I guess what I want to say is you can't weaponize black children and black babies against black adults. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, so or even un unborn ones. Saying, or unborn ones. You can't – and so it's, I'm not saying that, you know, pro-life is not an important issue. I donate to pro-life organizations. I'm pro-life myself. What I'm saying is we're, 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 we're saying – and part of it is like what are the things that I can control and I can minister to directly, and what are things that I need the government to influence? And so uh -huh. all of these are part of the calculus. But it's also not my job. But this is what I'm trying to say. It's not my job to convince people to vote for the Democratic Party. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Reason right. why black is an exercise on being a Democrat. It's an exercise in hope. Right. And I, think, I think that what I'm saying is – and this is, this is true. The, the Bible – speaks about more than one or two issues. Right. And any Christian who's faithfully following these scriptures are going to say things that upset both parties. What we tend to do is we tend to create a ranking, and once we create a ranking, that gives us ju justification to dismiss the other issues, and then people who care about these other issues are suddenly de-Christianized de de 
because they don't rank the issues in the way that you do. And even if they do rank the issues in the way that you do, they might say, I, I can accomplish issue number one in a different way. Therefore, I'm going to vote on issues four, five, and six. Uh-huh. And so what we get into here is really a matter of strategy. And I think Christians could disagree on strategy as long as we're honest about what we're doing. So your view on Black Lives Matter movement, what do you think about it? I know I it's, a, it's a big question. Not a bit. I know. I, thought, okay. I think that any Christian ought to be able to say that Black Lives Matter because it's it's just an empirically true statement. I don't think that every Christian is responsible for agreeing with everything that an organization stands for because the organization and the statement are different. I mean, there's tons of Christians who will say, "Well, I'm a, I'm a Democrat, but I'm, I'm this kind of Democrat. Well, I'm a Republican. I'm this kind of Republican. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a Southerner. I'm this kind of Southerner." So we qualify all of the time. I'm a Yankees fan, but I'm not a jerk, or whatever you want to say. Right? <laughs> so we, 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 we would add a definition, right. but then we would put a qualifier on it. Right, right. So I don't understand why you can say, I believe that black lives matter. But here are two things that I disagree with about the organization. Gotcha. Even people who are like, they would say, I'm a, people would say, I vote for Trump, but I don't agree with his all of the things. You say, well, hold on now. Mm-hmm. You can't have an all or nothing policy towards what black people say, but then are allowed to edit other stuff. Right. So what we could say is that every single thing that a Republican has ever said or done, you're now complicit in if you call yourself a Republican. You say, right. no, 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 I'm not that kind of Republican or that kind of Democrat. I'm a Democrat in this way. And so mm. I can say I believe that black lives matter. And when I, when I say that, I mean black lives matter because black people, just like every other person, is made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And too many times in our context, Black life has not been treated as sacred. So I'm going to emphasize in this moment that black lives are are sacred. In the yeah. same way, if you have like a cousin who's sick with COVID, yeah, your whole family matters. But that kid, that cousin is sick. So all of the prayers in the family are going to focus on that kid mm-hmm. or that cousin until they're well. Mm-hmm. And we're saying that in America, too often the people of color are the ones who need to hear and need to be supported as being valuable to God. Well, it's interesting, too, that uh, oftentimes for white heroes of our uh, history as a country uh, are given a pass all the time. You know, maybe they were slave owners or maybe they were racist, but we'll give a pass. But but they were really good leaders. Let's keep let's keep them and their statue and their memory alive. And let's just excuse the bad part of it. But we can't do that with Black Lives Matter. The whole Confederacy was, like, functionally racist. Oh, like, no, you know, we can't erase history. No, no, no. <laughs> if you're going to have a totalizing definition, if anybody who says the word Black Lives Matter now has to agree with everything, I'd say what the young people say, keep that same energy in other aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't edit some people's lives and ministries and not edit other people's lives. Mm. And we're so used to seeing this. I agree with this, but I disagree with this, but what they say is valuable. And in so much as the present moment has called attention to the fact that black life is not always valued, then it's been a great gift to the church. He wrote the book, and the fact that Reading by a Book. It is, sorry. Go ahead, make your final statement. I'm going to go to a break. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I oh, apologize. Reading While Black is the title of his book, African American Biblical Interpretation as an exercise in hope. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I know I have. I hogged him for a long time. When we get back from the break, we'll get some final statements, and then we'll land this plane. You are listening to, you are tuned into this dude who's wearing this racism T-shirt. Y'all see it? Get your own. 
This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills. But let's say you've got the skills and you're building this bike. And I offer you an advantage. A special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. UMC Mortgage Company, Melbourne, New York. NMLS number 1330. NMLSconsumeraccess.org. In refinance, total refinancing charges may be higher for life of loan. Here are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surrounddc.com. Surrounddc.com. Connecting you with new customers. We're Diamond and Silk, and we have a new book coming out called Uprising. The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. It's about how we overcame poverty and hardship by not letting anyone else define who we are, what we can do, or who we are supposed to vote for. And guess what? You can do it, too. That's right. And we want you to hear our personal story for the first time. Uprising, the new book by Diamond and Silk, available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Dr. Robert Jeffress has never been one to back down. Instead of running away from tough issues, Dr. Jeffress accepts the challenge head on. The way you preserve, the way you influence your culture is not becoming like the culture. It's by living in a distinctive way from the culture. Hear what bold biblical teaching is all about. Listen to Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress weekdays on its new time at 7 p.m. here on Life Changing Talk Radio 105.1 FM WAVA. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. And Dr. Esau Macaulay, the author of the book, Reading While Black, we've been talking about uh, Bible interpretation, coming at it from many different perspectives. As you think about orthodoxy, as you think about uh, white evangelicalism, as you think about Black Lives Matter and all the nexus between those, Dr. Macaulay, give us your sort of closing comments about your book and how it might help us uh, navigate through some of these minefields. Yeah, I think that sometimes Christians feel like they have to choose between their 
ethnic identity, their belief in the trustworthiness of Scripture and justice. And this book is an attempt to say that you can have all three, that you can be black, Christian, and care about the things that are facing black and brown people in this country. And this is one way of, of pointing towards the Bible as a reliable source in that struggle. Hmm. Is it primarily written for black people, or will, could white people get something from yes. this book? <laughs> but it's like, I tell people, it's like, it's written to, it's written for African-American Christians, but it, it's, it's not closed off from the rest of the world. And so a lot of people who are white have read it, and they've really enjoyed it. I've gotten tons of positive reviews from, from white Christians as well who said, this helped me understand the black church tradition better, and it helped me understand the Bible better. Mm-hmm. One of the things people are always surprised about is that there's a lot of Bible in here. I was like, well, I'm a New Testament professor. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> so, this, so, yes, this it's about biblical interpretation. So if you care about the Bible, then you can profit from it. The last thing I'll say about that is that something doesn't have to be to you for you to benefit from it. Right. Most African-American readers spend their whole lives going through seminary and undergrad and college and they never read black authors, and they learn to take from white authors and then reapply it for their context. How about that? And so this could be a, a profitable exercise for someone to say, you know what, this book wasn't written for me directly, but this helps me open up into another community, and it can it can be useful in my own ministry. I've had tons of white churches that are going through the book yeah. and using it in their small groups. Well, it wasn't written for me directly, but uh, yeah, you're right. That organization wasn't built for you directly. <laughs> that, uh, you know, yeah. that church wasn't built for you directly. But you know what? N.T. Wright, white guy, as we know, a theologian, a New Testament professor, says from here on out, this book will be required reading in any course on biblical hermeneutics that I teach. So there's a there's a white guy. But then you got a black dude, Lecrae. Esau Macaulay's voice is one we urgently need to hear. The book is prophetic, biblical, measured, wise, friendly, and well-reasoned and thus all the more hard-hitting, a powerful word for our times. Listen, my brother, I'm so glad that you hung out with me today. Thank you for your friendship and thank you for the book, okay? Anytime, man, anytime. All right, friends, we're going to say a closing word of prayer. We're going to remember that Jesus is love. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the word of God. We thank you for uh, teachers of the word of God like uh, Bishop uh, Esau Macaulay. And, Lord, I just ask that you would bless him and keep him and use his book in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you.